Welcome to the Arbor Pod Detective Dendro series. Today's guests are Guy Mayor and Jaroslav Kolarik in the case of the Tearing Tilia. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. The conversation level in the jazz club was as foreign to me as babble from babble. I leaned in closer as if to hear her better. Her fair skin had reddened and it was starting to peel. She lost her straw hat while we were hiking in the Bohemian forest. Her cheeks caught some serious rays before she replaced it. Don't you think this might help, I asked, offering her my moisturizer. Some scientists suggest it's better off healing on its own, Ashley Green answered awkwardly. I didn't know how to tell her, so I silently sipped my sweet onion soup. On stage, the Vertigo Quintet mingled a light soprano sax with a hesitant trumpet. It may have been the potent Czech beverage or the strength of the soup, but I started tearing up and feeling like the name of the band. Then I heard familiar voices. Hey, Dendro. Hey, Ashley. My apprentice, Coded Klutz, and utility arborist Electric Klein called out together as they made their way to our table and pulled out two chairs. That climbing championship was awesome. They chimed, and they told us all about the new moves they learned from watching Europe's archetypal arboreal aerialists. Vertigo finished the ballad and took a break, so the lights went up. Ashley's eyes went wide. Electra, what happened to your hair? Electra blushed, running her fingers above her ears. I got it cut to fit inside my helmet, but now it's growing back weird. It sure didn't help me climb any faster. Should I have it trimmed again? Layered, maybe? Cody choked back a protest and sloshed some suds onto his shirt. Electra patted his leg as she drained her stein. That portable is pretty potent, huh, Cody? Uh, maybe it's better to let nature take its course until your waves grow back. Ashley opined. I agreed, but could not comment diplomatically on her chopped mop of a quaff. Let's head out while it's still light. I changed the subject as I shouldered my diagnostic kit. We've been asked to inspect a grove of young trees. On the way, we can look at local landscapes and learn about Czech arboriculture. That's our idea of a vacation. Ashley shook her head as she paid the bill. As we strolled down the avenue toward the Capitol building, Coded played tour guide. The Czech national tree is the linden, and as a historical symbol of freedom and independence, it has been overplanted. Unfortunately, lindens are susceptible to damage in areas with salting and temperature extremes and heavy air pollution. This big leaf linden, Tilia platyphyllus, has red twigs, so the cultivar is called rubra. The species can hybridize with little leaf linden, Tilia cordata, to create Tilia europea, also known as Tilia vulgaris, the common lime tree. This natural hybrid is vigorous, growing taller than both its parents. So, is it called the medium leaf lime? And where is the fruit? Electra's eyes sparkled electrically as she nudged Coded in the ribs. Spring was in the air. You're full of vulgarous humor this evening, aren't you, Electra? Ashley's bright blue eyes glinted. The name more likely comes from the genus preference for alkaline soils, which originate from limestone parent materials. Speaking of bedrock, I wish I could get more power lines in our city buried like they do here, but we lack the budget. I pulled down a branch and bit off a leaf. The three of them eyed me oddly. Young lime tree leaves make an excellent snack. Not as much flavor as sassafras, but a very pleasant texture, I said as I chewed it over. Now's the time to try them, if you must. Ashley said, studying the tree while looking askance at me. I see no aphids yet, so there's no sooty mold. 
There's not much soot from combustion either, internal or external, from cars or factories. I didn't need the report, but it's good for a loose cannon to have someone shock his wheels once in a while. We walked under an ancient archway and up to an allay of young Tilia Cordata. These are the trees, I said grimly, setting down my diagnostic kit. What do you see? Look at those orange streaks on the stems. The color is similar to the wound wood forming in those bark crevices years after we excised our malaria infections on Quercus alba back home. Could the bark have been damaged by rough handling and now it's sealing the injury? Maybe the coloration is from hybridization. Electra speculated. If rubra has red twigs, maybe the bark is getting reddish due to the same kind of hybridization. Could it be that the salt used on the sidewalk splashed onto the bark or other pollution or are girdling roots squeezing the circulation? Ashley wondered as she dug with the trowel. Scratch that last hypothesis. The flare looks good. Let's look higher then, I said, pulling off more leaves to chew. Gosh, all that tufted growth on the stem looks like witch's broom, Code had said. That could have been caused by insect oviposition, mites, or mistletoe. Could be a virus, fungus, or phytoplasma, Electra conjectured. She and Coded huddled together as they examined the growth with their hand lenses. Maybe it was hormones, Ashley said, eyeing Coded and Electra. If cytokinin affects the oxen gradient, those suppressed buds can release and grow like gangbusters. What do you think, Dendro? I think it's getting dark, so we should go back to hear some more music and then sleep on it, I said, spitting the leaves into my hand and looking them over. We have several good theories, and the answers are in our sight, and in some cases, on our persons. Tomorrow, we'll meet with the forensic arborist who referred us. He may have clues you can use to crack this case. next morning dawned brightly. Too brightly. I rolled over to escape the glare and met the floor head on. I figured things could be no worse outside, so I grabbed my gear and sped to the job site. My Czech colleague was feeding the crew fresh kolachkis and steaming mugs of coffee. Things were already looking up. We saved one for you, Dendro, Jack explained in excellent English as he handed me the last kolachki. The spicy sweet smell of apples kicked my mind into gear. Your crew tells me that they gathered a lot of data yesterday, but could not solve the mysteries of the burnished bark and the sprouting stems. Should I give them more information? <laughs> I bobbed my head up and down as I wiped apple filling off my chin. Ashley rolled her eyes. I was called as a forensic expert to decide whose fault these problems were, Jack said. These trees were planted two years ago, with the stems covered by rattan. After eight months, the contractor removed the covering. The following winter was very mild with quick temperature changes. The bark damage is on the southwest side of the stems. The company was found liable because of lack of stem protection. But Dendro, you looked at the chewed leaves in your hand and told us that the answers were on our persons. What did you mean? Ashley said. Your cheeks, dear Ashley, were sunburned after they lost their covering. I gazed at her, and her cheeks reddened all the more. Our ANSI standards only mention protection during transplanting, not afterward. 
ISA's best management practices state that where sunscald or frost cracks are common, trunks of thin or smooth barked trees are wrapped to prevent injury from the winter sun. Sunscald is a significant problem in the U.S., but we hesitate to protect our young trunks because trunk wrap can harbor destructive insects and create temperature differentials. Your rattan shields are fascinating. The airspace between them and the stems does not provide habitat for pests. If these shields are standard procedure here, we may be able to learn something from your practices. Well, they look nice, too, coated in Electra said as one. Thank you, Jack said. Also, according to our practices, an aggravating factor in these trees' condition is the lack of thinning. Our publications recommend that interior twigs be removed for the need to lessen the imbalance between water uptake and transpiration. Such an imbalance can mean decreased vitality of the whole crown. This is generally accepted in our conditions, so they also call for removing some of the apicormic shoots in the lower part of the crown. Apicormic? Coded moaned. So those shoots are not a witch's broom mutation? Jack and I slowly shook our heads and Coded moaned louder. So how was the answer to this mystery on our persons? As Ashley said, the leaves were in my hand, I reminded my apprentice. It is the loss of leaves that forced the tree to make more of those food factories as fast as it could. In the nursery, too many lower branches were removed to make these trees look more saleable. After planting, the contractor removed even more lower and interior growth. This crown raising and thinning resulted in less sugar, or food, made by the leaves, less shade, and nutrient recycling for the roots, and less shade on the stem to help prevent sun scald. We try to minimize pruning at planting time, but excessive transpiration can be a concern. It is a question of dose. Rapid removal of lower branches is raising cane. Much of our research indicates, and many of our publications recommend, that these lower and interior branches should remain. We should be our branches keepers if we are able. Removing more branches of a troubled tree is like the medieval medical method of bleeding the patient to remove disease. To find a prescription, look to Electra's person, I hinted. Excuse me? Electra pulled back and narrowed her gaze. I pulled back as well and clarified myself. As Ashley also said, it is better not to get your hair cut again until it resumes its natural waviness. The tree must also slow its sprouting and resume its normal growth habit before restoration pruning takes place. Oh, I get it. Electra relaxed and coated smiled. Ashley drifted away. Detective Dendro... We'll use your information as we refine our plan for restoring these trees, Jack said, shaking my hand. How can we repay you? Jack, I have learned much from you as well. Come walk under the biggest arch in the world in St. Louis, Missouri, this July 27th, I replied, wiping my tearing eyes I looked into the misty distance. Join our international team so we can solve the case of the seven scenarios. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just use the code DD8908 to complete the quiz. And stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture.